Thanks for listening to Mosaic, a Jesus-centered communities podcast. Our goal is to help people experience a Jesus-centered life. You can find out more about us at welcometomosaic.info. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast as well as rate and review it so others can hear it as well. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, church. Welcome back to our third and final installment of our God Revealed uh, series. If you weren't able to join us the past couple weeks, uh, let me just tell you what we've been up to, and then uh, we're going to quickly dive in because we've got a lot of ground to cover. And what we are going to uh, talk about today is going to prove to be uh, the most marvelous, the most significant of all of the things that we've explored together these past few weeks. Uh, if, you were, uh, if you missed the first two weeks, uh, you should go back and you should watch it online because what we're talking about today, it picks up right where we left off. Um, also, all of my references and recommended Resources, those are also found online. Um, there's a PDF document wherever this will be posted. There's also some hard copies printed out in the lobby for those of you in the room. Um, what we have covered in this, this series, it is only the very top layer of frosting on this cupcake. Uh, the resources um, out there, uh, they'll blow your mind if you, if you take the time to further explore them, I promise. So just a, a quick recap of the previous two weeks. Uh, week one, we looked at scripture and we noticed together how the, the Bible, especially the poetry portions, they, uh, they often refocus our gaze back up to the heavens. Uh, we looked at some breathtaking images from the Hubble Space Telescope, as well as a couple of images taken by our very own Herman de Vigler, who plays drums uh, sometimes and is on our safety and security team. Uh, here are a couple shots of, of Herman's own... Uh, from his own telescope. Uh, as we surveyed these images and those from the Hubble, we discussed the incomputable numbers and the truly immense size of our known universe. Just mind-boggling stuff, right? Uh, if you were here, you'll remember we both ended week one and then we started week two uh, with this image captured by the Voyager 1 space probe back in 1990. Uh, this photo, of course, entitled The Pale Blue Dot, uh, this is the, the furthest that we have ever seen ourselves. Uh, on week two, while acknowledging how small we are, uh, we also begin to see just how big we are uh, to God and how he has placed us at the very center of his regard and his affection. Uh, the next image, we, we zoomed in uh, on that pale blue dot, and we noticed together how perfectly formulated uh, our planet is for nurturing and sustaining life. We discussed uh, last week that we discussed the difference between scientist A and scientist B when it comes to earth origin science. We discussed the idea of time and what it is and when it started and how God does or doesn't relate to it in scripture. Uh, we began to debunk the misguided Copernican principle, which states that there is nothing special about us at all. And then we took a look at a number of just Truly spectacular, evolution-defying animals. Uh, if you'll remember one of those being the giraffe. We talked about how God designed and engineered the giraffe with a, a very special set of arteries in its neck that defy almost all the basic principles of evolution. We also saw a bunch of other amazing uh, creatures last week. During all of this, we kept uh, returning to Scripture and, and looking at what is written there. And then we ended last week on Genesis 1.26, um, where all of this led up to God creating humans, male and female, in his image. And that is where 
we are going to pick up today. So, like I mentioned, uh, this is the final of a final part of a three-week sermon series, um, and the goal of this whole series has simply been our awe, our wonder, and our worship as God just reveals a little bit more of Himself and His magnificence as seen through creation. So, let's pray for our time, and then we'll jump into it. So, would you pray with me, Holy Spirit? Uh, as we have prayed each week. Would you just allow this time to be special? Allow it to reveal just a little bit more of our creator's brilliance to us? Would you allow awe and astonishment to settle into our hearts? Allow it to soften and change us if needed to. As always, we pray that you would would keep our hearts far from sin. You'd keep our church. You'd keep Mosaic far from sin. Would you keep us centered on Jesus? Would you allow my words to be helpful and true? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so today uh, we have two passages to really anchor our time on together. The first is likely very familiar uh, to many of you. It's Psalm 139 written by David. I'm going to read the first 12 verses of that to you now and then the the second part later. Um, And so if you're comfortable, I just encourage you, maybe close your eyes just for a moment. Let Let me just read this to you. Let these words... Um, just wash over you. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge, it's too wonderful, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Like I mentioned last week, our God is a creator of incalculable magnitude, of profound intentionality, of incredible precision, of unlimited ideas, and as we can see here, of epic love. After all that we have explored together these past two weeks, it is now time to reveal the pinnacle of all of God's creation. The most complex, the most valuable, the most intentional part of it all. But before we start, I want to share a quote from Charles Darwin himself. He said, If it could be demonstrated that any complex organ existed, which could not possibly have been formed by numerous successive slight modifications, my theory would absolutely break down, but I can find no such case. Well, let's help Charles find it, shall we? Uh, you know, as we, we as Christians, we can, uh, we can tend to want to demonize Darwin, but in many cases, this was a guy far from God who was just looking for truth and trying to uncover it. Unfortunately for him, he did not have uh, any of the amazing tools that we have today. Uh, next image. This is a picture of my family's um, 
stereo microscope. This has been sitting in our living room for years and years and years. Uh, it's always plugged in. It's always ready to use. Uh, it's there simply to encourage our kids to explore the world around them uh, for themselves. Uh, just a few days ago, I was uh, looking at a wood fragment under it. So uh, what Darwin had at his disposal... It was so far less sophisticated than even this. The guy died in 1882, and had he been around for the invention of the electron microscope uh, in 1931, I can promise you his tune would have changed big time. The invention and then refinement of the electron microscope has opened our mind to a whole new micro-universe that exists all around us. A, a universe that Darwin, unfortunately, never had the privilege or advantage of seeing for himself. You know, Darwin knew what a cell was, but he believed it to be nothing more than just a uh, protoplasmic goop of sorts. The very thing that he's talking about in that quote, an organ that existed, which could not possibly have been formed by numerous successive slight modifications, it is found in the human cell. So we're going to lower the lights and we are going to jump into this and take a look. So next image up here. Here we have the classic uh, model of the human cell. I know some of you might be having some upsetting flashbacks to high school biology. I know I did. You remember you'd get a pop quiz and it, it, all these would be blank and you'd have to fill it in. And I always did terribly on those quizzes thinking to myself, because I knew at 15, I want to be a pastor when I grow up. Why would I ever need to know this? I'm living it. This is why, young Kirk. Kids, pay attention in school. Now, while I wish we really could uh, talk about this all day, because there's so many fascinating elements to the cell, uh, as we learn more and more about the functions and the mechanics of the cell, everything we discover it only further verifies the sophistication and the genius of the designer. Each of these different elements, uh, each with a specific name and function, they're all called organelles, which literally means little organs. Uh, can we get that Darwin quote back on the screen? Darwin knew nothing of these little organs when he said that. Each one of these organelles, it's a substructure, within the cell that has one or more specific jobs to execute within that cell, much like an organ does inside of our body. Now, while there are uh, lots of different organelles, of course, you know some of the main ones. We've got the nucleus. That stores the DNA, of course. The mitochondria, that creates kind of the, the liquid chemical energy that runs all the different parts of the cell. The ribosome, those assemble proteins in, in certain orders. The cell is one of those things that, just simply put, it could not have evolved. The reason being is that it is, uh, it's known as uh, what, what we call irreducibly complex, meaning if you remove just one of the, the many independent functioning organelles, the cell dies. It can only function as a whole. If you remove any one element, it fails. Heck, it never begins. Um, next image. Some of you uh, older friends in the room may remember these comic strips. These were the Rube Goldberg machines. Uh, here we see a complex system designed to eventually do something, right? If you look at that very bottom comic strip, uh, you see that if you remove just one of those elements, the, the system fails, and the poor guy, he doesn't get his hair cut. And so, for example... 
if you remove that rabbit, uh, letter E there, the dog doesn't start running on the treadmill, and then the oscillating arm, it won't start moving, and then the, the mower won't go back and forth, and the guy doesn't get his haircut. That system is irreducibly complex. God designed the cell in the exact same way. Uh, no amount of successive slight modifications would have allowed that cell to evolve to what we see under the electron microscope. A fun fact, the human body has some 37.2 trillion cells. There are a number of different types of cells, um, uh, all with different uh, functions and, and different lifespans. For example, every second, every second, your body is making 2 million brand new red blood cells. There's another 2 million. There's another 2 million. Every second, it makes 2 million brand new red blood cells to replace the same amount that just died. Uh, the white blood cell, it lives a bit longer. It lasts for about a day. A skin cell can last for about 30 days. A liver cells, somewhere between 12 to 18 months. A single muscle cell can last for 15 years. And a single nerve cell will last an entire lifetime. Uh, let me show you one more picture of the cell, and then we, we need to move on. Some of you guys might recognize this image. It went viral last November when NASA released um, this never-before-seen image that was compiled using uh, nuclear magnetic resonance, X-ray, and cryo-electron microscopy. With those three things combined, it created this image. And as you start to realize what you are looking at, it is absolutely breathtaking. A single cell in the scientific community, it's considered simple life, right? But as you can see here, there is nothing remotely simple about a single cell. A single cell is teeming with life and complexity. And as a cell replicates itself, that life and that complexity, oh, it only becomes more and more astounding. See what I mean? Let me read you the Second part of Psalm 139. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. Friends, the perfected process that God uses to allow a human being to be formed inside his or her mother, it goes so far beyond chance and arguably into the supernatural. At the moment of conception, everything about that human is finalized, whether it's going to be a boy or a girl, how tall it will grow to be, what it's going to look like. At that moment of conception, a person has a full, unique, one-of-a-kind set of DNA. All the resources are there that are needed for the amazing process to begin that leads to that. Um, so we're going to back up a bit. Uh, we now have equipment um, that can hear a human heartbeat at just three weeks after conception. But long before that, actually just days after conception, a signal is sent to a single stem cell, and it tells that stem cell to turn into a muscle cell. And it tells it to start doing this, and then to start replicating itself 
over and over and over again until it becomes a heart. This process, it happens days after conception. We just can't hear it or recognize it as a a human heartbeat until about week three. At week four, the baby is developing the structure that'll eventually lead to the face and the neck, the heart and the blood vessels. They're starting to grow. Lungs, stomach, and liver, those are starting to grow as well. At week eight, uh, the baby's now a little over uh, half an inch in size. Eyelids are beginning to form. Ears are beginning to form. You can see the tip of the nose just beginning to form. Uh, The arms and the legs, they're well along at this point too. Little fingers and toes are starting to appear. Uh, Week 12, the baby measures about two inches at this point. It's starting to move a little bit. And even though it was determined at the the very moment of conception, the, baby, uh, the baby's gender now becomes evident at week 12. Uh, week 16, our baby now measures about four and a half inches in length. It weighs about three and a half ounces. The baby's eyes can blink. The heart and the blood vessels, those are fully formed at this point. The baby's uh, fingers and toes, they now have fingerprints at week 16. At week 20, the baby weighs about 10 ounces. It's about six inches in length at this point. The baby can suck its thumb, it can yawn, it can stretch, it can make different faces in the womb. At 20 weeks, a signal is sent from the baby's own brain to all of the muscle cells to begin the quickening process. This is when a mother can really feel her baby beginning to move a lot because he's learning how to use his arms and his legs. Image, uh, or, uh, next image, week 24. The baby weighs about one and a half pounds now. The inner ear, it's fully developed at this point. Uh, allowing the baby to sense when it's upside down in the womb. It can also, at week 24, respond to sound at this point. At week 28, the baby weighs about two and a half pounds. Uh, It changes position often. Uh, If, for some reason, the mother had to deliver prematurely, there's a very strong possibility the baby would survive at week 28. Uh, Here's that shot, the first one we saw at week uh, 36. And then um, next one, here we have a shot at 40-plus weeks. These humans um, have 12 different autonomous yet irreducibly complex systems, fully independent of one another, yet fully interdependent on one another. Next image. We see here those 12 systems being, of course, the skin, the muscular, skeletal, nervous, cardiovascular, lymphatic, immune, respiratory, digestive, reproductive, and endocrine system. I want to read you something that Isaiah wrote back in 686 BC. He said this. This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and your creator. Do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I'm the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. Friends, that there is the epicenter of God's creativity and love. All the things that we have marveled at these past three weeks, the galaxies and the nebulas that scream out worship to their creator, Uh, the earth we saw last week that uh, was so perfectly constructed to preserve and sustain life, it was all for and leading up to this. Everything that we have seen these past three weeks, it was created with absolute precision 
and absolute perfection by an intelligent designer we, of course, know to be the God of the Bible. Unfortunately, that perfection did not last long. With the introduction of sin, God's perfect creation, including us, began to decay. It's written in prophecy, and I promise you it will come to pass. The death of our planet is inevitable. It is approaching faster than any of us are comfortable believing. When sin entered into the equation, it changed everything. A perfect God and sin, they do not mix. It defies his nature. It defies his perfect justice. But friends, God was not naive. He was not caught off guard when humans introduced sin into the relationship. He knew creating us with the freedom to make our own choices was always going to lead to brokenness. There was no way that it wasn't. From before he made us, he knew how he was going to take care of that brokenness and make it new again. Let me read you something from Colossians 1.15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all of creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Friends, do not let this one thing get past you. If you take anything away from these past three weeks, oh, would you please let it be this? The God of all the extraordinary, indescribable things that we have seen these past three weeks, the one who created it all, he had a rescue plan in his back pocket the whole time. The hands that laid the heavens into place, the hands that flung galaxies out by the billions, the hands that spun our solar system into perfect timing, the hands that knit you together inside of your mother. Those same hands were then willingly laid against a wooden board and nailed to it for you. I know I've showed you this image a lot, the pale blue dot. I've said over and over again how we are the center. Why do I say that? Why do I say we are the center when we are so obviously not actually the center of anything, right? Not even our own solar system. I say we are the center because the originator of our measureless universe chose to come down to that particle of dirt and take on human flesh he then willingly 
laid down his life and in doing so unmistakably declared with indisputable authority that he loves you. And so what do you do with that? What do you do with a God that has made you his center? You make him your center. You center your life on Jesus. Let me show you a final picture. Uh, You'll probably think I should have shown you this during week one when we were talking about space. Uh, I took this picture um, when I was on a camping trip by myself up in Lake Granby. I took a bunch of books up there uh, to study for this three-week series. And uh, one evening, I took that. That is not the sun setting. That is our moon. And it is emitting a brilliant light. I'd never seen the moon like that before. The photo doesn't do it justice. You can see it reflecting so brightly off the water there. It was truly stunning, breathtaking. It was a gift from God in that moment. Of course, the moon, you know, it actually has no luminescent abilities on its own. Instead, God made the moon surface. He made it out of a a reflective lunar soil called regolith. The rays from the sun, they hit the the surface of the moon. Uh, About 12% of those photons, they bounce back to earth and they light up our night, right? The moon... The moon is a dead and desolate place. It is devoid of all life. There's no atmosphere there. It's just emptiness and dirt. The moon does not become anything of value until the sun hits it and transforms it, makes it shine with radiance. The moon's glory and value and light, it comes from the the sun that is reflecting. Friends, all the different elements of creation that we have seen these past uh, few weeks, they are all reflecting the virtues of its creator. We see God in creation because it all reflects him. But what about you, his his most special part of creation? Are you reflecting your creator? You center your life on Jesus by living a life that reflects the values of Jesus. Be the moon. Reflect the sun. Be the moon. Reflect your creator. Reflect your savior. Reflect your Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We invite you to connect with us. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do so at welcometomosaic.com slash give. Have a great week.